illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgate. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgate headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me today from the closed Starbucks in the lobby of the Cabana Bay Resort at the heart of Universal Studios Florida, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how is rainy Central Florida? Uh, you know, it's not too bad. It didn't rain at all today. Uh, did rain yesterday. A uh, bit nippy, though. I don't think we cleared maybe the low 60s today. Wow. Um, and for most of the evening, it was it was in the 50s. And then, you know, we, we had to turn our clocks back. So uh, that kind of screwed with us. So not only am I, am I three hours off from the time difference, but then throwing the extra hour back kind of just makes everything confusing as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know I hated it tonight because it was like 630. And I'm like, God, we were, we were driving to go get our free uh, Blazers scored 100 points McNuggets the next day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we we're going to go get our free nugs and we're driving over to McDonald's, me and Jess and, and uh, Peyton. And uh, we're driving over there, and I'm like, God, I can't believe it. it's so dark, and it's only 6:30. And Jess is like, Actually, it's only 5:30. The car, the car clock hadn't reset yet. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. So, anyways, like I said, I, I, I like, I like the extra hour of sleep, but I hate it getting dark so damn early. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I'd like not to lose the hour of sleep in the spring, though. I would like it just yeah. to stay the same. But, I, you know, I was I was telling. So I'm here with my uh, friend Kelly and her and her daughter, Paige. And uh, I was telling Kelly today, you know, rather than looking at uh, living on the, the East Coast part of the year and the West Coast part of the year, what we need to do is learn to live in North America part of the year and South America, the other part of the year. So we don't have to deal with this freaking dark times all the all half the year. This is true. You know? Let's follow the summer. This is true. It's true. 
Or just move further south or close to the equator and you don't have as much variation. Yeah, but I'll tell you, even here in Florida, it sucks. Well, but so. like, I like, I like the summer up here because, mm-hmm. you know, it'll get light at 430 in the morning and it won't get dark till 10. Yeah. But you yeah. don't, you, but it doesn't do that down in, you know, Southern California or Florida. But then when it comes <laughs> to this part of the year, you don't have as much variation either. Yeah. So. All right, Beach. Well, the purpose of legal participation is for us to talk Beaver Sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting every week. This is episode number 170. Episode 10 for uh, season, uh, or excuse me, episode 12 for season 10. Mm-hmm. Um, or remind everyone you can listen to us anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, remember to leave us a rating or review. If you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, and Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. And Beach. Really? We did get an email this week. Ooh. I'm, I'm hoping it's some cute, single, hot fan that says, I really like the sounds of that Beach guy, and I'd like to see if he'd like to go out on a date. Is that uh, what happened? Well, maybe. We got, okay. an e- we got an email from listener Dano. I don't think Dano's okay. your type. Okay. I, uh, well, I, I don't think Dano's my type either. I like, I like, I'm attracted to girls without penises. <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of good. My thing. That's good. Yeah. So, um, let's see what does Dano have to say. He goes, first off, what the hell happened to the intro this week? Y'all realize that the highlight of the Tuesday morning dog walk is hearing the pubescent voice crack of Mike Parker going 25, 20, 15, 10, five. And it's a touchdown for the Beavers. No horns cool. and no reminder to nod my head. What color suits was I supposed to nod my head to anyway? Black, white, green, yellow. I guess I forgot to put the uh, intro. I was going to say I blamed the editing there. Yeah, that would be me. I forgot to I forgot to add in the intro. I'm sorry. You know, it's funny because I really like that intro. It is a good intro. I, I made that thing. I edited it all together. and It turned out really, really well. Mm-hmm. I found clips of Mike Parker and edited in there to that song. And I just, I, I really think I did a good job, but anyways, sorry, Dano. I will try to make sure it's on this week's. It is on this week's cause you just heard it. Oh yes. Exactly. Yes. Um, Dano continues while listening to the outro this week, beach talked about going to Disney world and not going solo this time. It dawned on me. So he must be listened to the, uh, the, the clips at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dano says, I think I'm friends with someone that beach went on a horrible date with. Ooh. Please ask and have him tell the story about taking a musician out to somewhere over in Southeast Portland. Oh my God. That was like the worst date. And he said, pied cow or pock pock. Oh my God. And having her be less than impressed about mentioning he was a member of club 33 at Disneyland. She was a, she He says, hold on. He says redacting the name on the podcast, but her name is. So I just bleep that out. So nobody knows what that is. But so you remember this beach? Oh God, yes. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if I want. I. So, do you she, want to save this for this, uh, you want to, you want this you want so, to do this one today? No, well, well, this this one I get, you know. So you get angry I, about? I left her on the side of the road. Really? She wanted out, and I'm like, I'll take you home. And she's like, No, I want out now. And I'm like, It's and she just demanded, so I let her out on the side of the road. Never talked to her again. What was what was the problem? Oh, she was just a witch. She really? was a witch. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, uh, mm, God, yes. She just pissed me off. 
Mm. And, and I just, she wouldn't shut up and she was ignorant and she, she, you know, so it's, it's pretty obvious from our conversations. I am very far right of center, like far right of center. Yeah. Uh, I'm a hardcore libertarian. I, I, I believe what I, and I work and all you guys who listen to this podcast, I always say I'm working is cause I pretty much work about, I would say I'm on, I'm here in Florida now, but even then I'm on my phone tomorrow when I'm going to be at the theme parks handling problems at work. Oh yeah. When and, we were, when we were and, in Asia, you were taking phone calls. Yes, exactly. And, and so when I'm, when I, and I don't take vacations a lot. And then when I do work, I work two jobs and I probably put in somewhere around 60 to 70 hours a week. And that's above and beyond my Airbnb that I work on sometimes and working on my farm and everything else. Right. Yeah. And I'm trying to take my house by myself. I'm not married. No, no, no maid or, or anything like that. I, I got to do all this stuff myself. And this woman felt entitled that I should, she, she, she got injured. The story was she got injured on an ATV or something and she was bleeding internally. Right. And she couldn't afford healthcare. And so she didn't go to the doctor. And then finally she, if I didn't go to the health, like they, they won't refuse you for healthcare at a doc, at a, at a, at a hospital. Right. They're required by law to take care of you. Okay. Correct. And she told me that she died because she couldn't afford health care. Well, she's a really crappy musician and she doesn't make any money. Now, does that mean that other people who work hard have to sacrifice their wealth because she doesn't want to take a job that pays the bills because she does a job that doesn't? Or she shouldn't engage in high risk activities like riding an ATV. Absolutely. But we couldn't have this conversation. I was right or she was right. And I was wrong. She's she's the victim. I'm the terrible person. And you know what? I, I, God, I just I blew up. I mean, I didn't I just like, you know, sorry, you can bleep that one out, too. But I'm just like, geez, me Christmas. You know, you, you, you I don't work enough as it is. You want to take all my money so you can do your fun crap and I have to work my ass off freaking all day long. You know, that's not what I work for. I don't work for other people. I work for myself. And people think they can just vote themselves other people's wealth. It just irritates the hell out of me. Yeah. So that's that's not what our government was created for. You wasn't created to create a club so you can you can take advantage of a minority. That that's true for race, that's true for religion, that's true for people of certain wealth. You don't take the power of the majority and steal something from the minority, no matter what the minority is. Yeah. That's majority tyranny. And that is exactly what our founding fathers disliked. So I, and again, I, I just, I believe everybody has a right to themselves and their labor. I agree. Okay. So no, it was a terrible day. I ended up meeting her. I went with some friends to, this was when I was going to the thirsty lion a lot. Oh yeah. Downtown. And she, she was performing there one night and some friends listened to her and they're like, you should come down and listen to this gal. We, we've seen her a lot. She sings her well, and she's going to the Thurston Lion, which we know you go to a lot. And I said, sure. And that's where I ended up meeting her, and I took her out. And I had a really cool date uh, planned on that one. We ended up uh, – uh, we got, like, um, massages at some – like, head massages at oh. some place in Portland. And then I had Pock Pock planned, and then I think there was a third part of the date that we never got to because that's when I left her on the side of the road. Oof. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go, Dano. You got you got beads all fired up with your email. Yeah, but we'll, we'll still go to back to the Matador date. That's 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 where our story goes today. Oh, okay, Matador date. I'm I'm looking forward to that hearing that one. All right, beads. Are you ready to talk some Beaver sports news? Yes. Oh, yeah. I heard there's some big news this week. There's all Dead. all sorts of news going on. 
Yeah, I just talked to Dad before. Oh, okay, uh, we'll we'll get there. There's yeah, all sorts of news going on. Yeah. Okay. Right. First up, B's little women's volleyball. Billy, please tell me we got. Tell me some good news. Women's volleyball beach. Three different Oregon State volleyball players collected double-digit kills led by senior Maddie Goings, 18, in the Beavers' sweep at California Friday night. You're crapping me. Nope. That win is the fourth straight over the Golden Bears and the second of the 2021 campaign. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Hookers and blow for everybody. There we go. And then, Beach on Sunday afternoon, the volleyball team fell at number 19, Stanford, in four sets. Damn it. Yep. Son of a bitch. Yep. And with that, uh, the bees dropped to four and 20 overall two and 12 in conference play uh, to conclude the Bay area road trip. They return home next weekend, hosting UCLA on Friday, November 19th at seven before concluding the weekend on Sunday, November 21st against USC first serve against the Trojans is slated for noon at Gill Coliseum. So you get excited. Yep. And then you take saltpeter. Yep, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> All right, beads. Let's move on to a little bit of women's soccer news. Okay. I, I, well, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not excited about men's soccer, you know, because I'm not excited about men's soccer, but I'm kind of excited about men's soccer, but let's get to the women's first. Okay. Oregon state women's soccer team closed out the regular season with a nail biting two, two draw with Oregon in its rivalry series, formerly known as the civil war in Corvallis on Friday night. Now, prior to the oh, match, the Beavers honored what, its, what? What did, it, what did it used to be called? Civil War. I'm, I'm sorry, one, one more time, I didn't hear that. The Civil War, but it's now the rivalry series, formerly known as the Civil War. Okay, okay, good. Formerly known as Civil War. Yeah. Okay, good. Now, this is different than the American Civil War. Yes, which there's in a... other countries is known as the war between the states. Correct. Because everybody Because there's, there's lots of civil wars, yeah. Yes. So it's not just uh, uh, a war that was caused by by uh, racial uh, divisions. Correct. It's actually caused by just differences in opinion by two groups of people that oftentimes occupy the same territory. Yes. Like people yeah. that like Oregon State and people that like the University of Oregon. <laughs> yeah. 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 Serious. Uh -huh. uh, okay. Gotcha. So the Beavers that, honored their... That up. Yep. The Beavers honored graduating seniors Laura Galserin, Bridget Skiba, Mylene Grozanski, and Kaylin Fried. The Beavers conclude the regular season with a 11-7-1 record overall, 3-7-1 in the Pac-12, tying for the most wins in a single season since the 2011 campaign. So it's been pretty good. Yeah. So the Beavers had a great non-conference record, but then they get to the Pac-12 and it's a little tougher. Pac-12 is mm -hmm. good in a lot of in a lot of uh, sports. So, And speaking of beads, you wanted to get on to men's soccer. How about we talk some men's soccer? Yes, I, I saw something pop up on my Facebook here a couple days ago. Well, Beach, on Thursday, the number two ranked Oregon State men's soccer team edged past San Diego State 1-0 in San Diego, California to clinch a share of the Pac-12 title. That's awesome. Yep. A share, not the whole thing? Not the whole thing, but because they can't, the, the worst they can do is, is tie for it. Okay. And then on Sunday, Beach, the number two ranked Oregon men's soccer team fell to USC 3-2 to two in L.A. Ugh. That makes the Beavs now 12-2-2, 7-1-1 in the Pac-12. And earlier this season, 
OSU edged past then number 23-ranked UCLA 4-3 at Lorenz. So they each held serve at home. Now, okay. Oregon State still has a chance to claim the Pac-12 title outright in its final match of the regular season on Thursday against Washington. Okay. Right. Now, the Beavs can also lock down an outright conference championship with a San Diego State win next week or a tie against Washington. Okay. So, hopefully, next week we'll have some really positive things to talk about. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. Not that we don't have positive things to talk about this week. Correct. All right, Beach. Next up, a little bit of wrestling news. All righty. The Oregon State wrestling team split a pair of duels at Glow Coliseum Saturday night, defeating Campbell 23-12 to before a 21-12 to loss to Lehigh. Mateo Olmos and Grant Willits both went 2-0 and on the night. Olmos defeated Campbell's Austin Murphy 6-4 to in his first battle of the night at 174, then followed that with a 4-1 decision over Lehigh's Jake Logan in the second. Willits, meanwhile, defeated Campbell's Shannon Hanna 7-4 at 141. He followed that with a 3-0 decision over Lehigh's Dan Morin. Now, the Bees will return to action this next Saturday when taking on Penn State in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. The Bees and the Nittland Islands will get underway at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Okay. So we've got to travel back east. Yep, we're starting to get those winter sports going. So uh, let's talk a little women's basketball, Beach. Ah, women's basketball. The number 14-ranked Oregon State women's basketball team earned a 73-43 victory over Western Washington as the wow. Beavs welcomed fans back to Gill Coliseum for an exhibition contest on Saturday afternoon. Now, Oregon State held Western Washington to 21% shooting in the contest and outscored the Vikings 37-14 in the second half. Ellie Mack led the Beavs with 14 points and 6 rebounds, shooting 6 for 7 from the floor. Talia von Olhoffen recorded 11 points, 5 assists, and 2 blocks, while Taylor Jones put up 10 points and pulled down 5 rebounds. Now, the Beavs will open up the season this Friday the 12th versus Loyola Marymount at Guild Coliseum at 8 p.m. Hmm. So, have an exhibition, doesn't really count, and we'll get on with the season this week. Love exhibitionists. Yes, you do. Next up, Beach, a little bit of men's basketball. Okay. Deshaun Davis hit a three-pointer with two seconds left to give Oregon State an 83-80 win over St. Martins in a Thursday evening exhibition game at Gill Call Season. Davis, a transfer from Trinity Valley Community College, got the start and finished with seven points, seven rebounds, and seven assists. His biggest play of the night came in the final seconds when he dribbled to the right wing and pulled up from deep for the game-winning triple. Now, Maurice Kalou scored a team-high 21 points, going seven for 12 from the field, three for four from beyond the arc, and four for five from the free throw line. Okay. So, got a win. It was a nail-biter. And I know some people I saw were kind of uh, going, you know, this is an exhibition game. They should have walked all over these guys. But They, they, were, less, they were less than impressed by the, ta- by the abilities there? Well, yeah. But, you know, you, well, especially a team that went to the Elite Eight, but you've got seven new scholarship players on that team. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some time to get people used to playing together. I was going to say, they got to gel. Yeah. So uh, next up, Beeves, the Beeves will play the ninth, which I think is Wednesday. Nope, Tuesday. So tonight, the night this comes out, the Beeves open up the regular season at home against Portland State. And then on the 12th, they will travel and play oh, Iowa State. 
Okay. So, so there you go. And finish up each, we do have a little bit of football news. This is actually from last week. Oregon State redshirt junior defensive back Jaden Grant is one of 88 players nationally who have been nominated for the Burlesworth Trophy, the award announced last week. Now in its 12th year, the Burlesworth Trophy honors the most outstanding football player at the FBS level who began his career as a walk-on and has shown outstanding performance on the field. The honor is named after former Arkansas All-American offensive lineman Brandon Burlesworth. Now, Grant, a native of Portland, Oregon, has played in 40 career games for the Beavs, making 23 starts. He has 126 tackles with five tackles for loss, one sack, five interceptions, 16 pass deflections, and two forced fumbles. You and I talked about uh, Burlesworth here, what, six months ago? I think so. And um, for those who have never seen um, it, there's a a really it's not a great movie, but it's a good story. The movie's kind of you can tell it doesn't have the biggest budget. No, no, but it was still good. It's entertaining. It, it's an entertaining movie and very uplifting. Yeah. Um, and it's called Greater, and I think it's on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, I I watched it. It was fantastic, and yeah. I highly recommend. I do too. I do too. It really makes you appreciate what Burlesworth did. Yeah. And the fact that uh, that he, they give this trophy out uh, in his name is, is I mean, to, to me, after seeing what he did, uh, I would be honored to get such a trophy. I, I agree. And, you know, Jaden Grant is actually the son of former Blazer Brian Grant. Who, uh, you know, you, you and I, I don't know if we talked about him on the show last week, but um, he was always my favorite blazer when he played. Yep. He just worked um, hard. He was, oh, he was the hardest working guy out there. I never, and he never missed an opportunity to try to get a rebound. Yep. You know, so many times you see players standing around waiting for the ball to come there. And, and Brian was always in the middle of that mix, trying to get the rebounds and, and ultimately was a huge asset to the blazers yep. during those years. Yep. Really worked his butt off. Yeah. Ended up getting uh, Parkinson's unfortunately. Yeah. But he's a, He's still he's still out. He lived in uh, uh, West Lynn, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, and his son Jaden goes to uh, Oregon State. Yeah, and supports his charity quite a bit to to fight Parkinson's, doesn't yeah. it? I believe shake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Holy cow, Beach! Are you kidding me? I took it all the way down here. You know they didn't tell. They said that's not a carry. I said the hell it isn't a carry on. I'm fans pitch on, and they said okay. <laughs> you, you, I can't believe you brought the teletype with you all the way down to Florida. I did. Hold on here. Hold on. Okay. Billy. I can't believe you brought the teletype all the way down to the lobby with you. I know. I had to bring an extension cord. Oh, man. Yeah. The the, the, the janitorial staff's looking at me kind of funny, but I just <laughs> let it go. Okay. Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. Armed man pulls fire alarm and takes two students hostage at the U of O on early morning on Thursday. Sean, did you hear about this? No. Yes. Sean Densmore, 37, uh, with no connection to the university, pulled the fire alarm at the William Knight Law Center and then began acting erratically, holding a gun inside the building. He then took two students hostage while using their phone to call 911. 
The police used also the, the Eugene Police Department used all sorts of cop equipment, including drones and dogs, and called in backup departments to use up the yellow police flying caution tape that's been stored in the station for years. Then Officer Obi came out and took 27 8x10 color glossy photos with circles and arrows and a description on the back of each one, the approach, the getaway, the northwest corner, the southwest corner, and that's not to mention the aerial photography. Come on, damn it, that was funny. Did you not get that? No, I didn't. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you never listen to Alice's restaurant? Oh Alice's my god. Okay. Oh jeez. Oh, now I get it. I'm like I'm I'm searching my memory banks listening going like What? I don't Officer Obi, the twenty seven eight by ten color glossy photos. I gotcha, yeah. Back of each one. Well if you would have asked me the day after Thanksgiving, I would have been laughing. Because <laughs> they always play that on they always play that on KGON. Okay, well the police entered the room and took Densmore into custody without any issues. Was true about the dogs and the drones though. Wait, what the hell was so, going on? Did it say what he wanted? Uh, I don't know. I think he's just nut job. Uh, so it's good to know that the zero gun policy on campus is being followed so well by the crazy bastards and criminals in the Eugene area. <laughs> oh, and this has been your Heiner Tailgater update from Eugene. So, yeah, no, I, they had a picture of him in the in it. He was a crazy looking bastard is all I can tell you. Yeah, and he called 911 on himself, so I don't know what the hell he did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. They said he was throughout, and there was a big hubbub there because they uh, they did a I think a, a text message to the students about you know lockdown whatever we got a crazy on campus, um, but the uh, the students complained because it was uh, it wasn't very clear what the issue was and where it was going on at. So some well, people said this is great. The university cares, and other people were like, dude, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, he so, he actually had him at the dorm. Yeah, that's. It sounded like he was at the law center, and then he was going erratically through the university, and then wound up at a dorm. I broke into this. I, I don't know if he broke in or got in this kid's rooms. They were in the room. He got their phone, and then he called nine one one from their phone. Yeah. So. Well, and he was like placing fake nine one one calls, saying there was stuff going on in different parts of campus. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, that's. I'm just reading an article right here. I, I hadn't even heard about this. No, isn't it weird how that one didn't make the news? That's just bizarre. Isn't it weird what the news chooses to report and what they don't choose to report? Yeah, it seems like that should be there. Yeah. I mean, that's not a national story, but it sure as hell should be a pretty big local story. Well, and, and you just think it would make it on the notion, the local media around here, like, mm-hmm. you know, the local TV stations out of Portland or whatever. Yeah, see, I wasn't aware because I flew out on uh, Friday morning, uh, but this was actually Thursday. At, Thursday, at, yeah. Uh, Thursday at 3 a.m. in the morning. Huh. So you think it would have hit the news by Thursday evening. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't hear a damn thing about it. Yeah. Just weird. All right, Beach. Well, good uh, update, Beach. Are you ready now to go under further review for week number 10 in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. Yes, I didn't write down my notes, though. I didn't bring them down of uh, who we picked. So if I sound ignorant, it's because I am ignorant. You you brought your teletype, but you didn't bring a pad of paper? I Well, I know. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, Billy. Oh, sweet. Well, I will be completely up front with you about everything. 
I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right, Beach. Um, going into the week, you were way out in front at 41 out of 55. I was at 34 out of 55. Kyle was at 32 out of 55. I hate you, Kyle. This is really going to be a tight race for you and Kyle. Well, yeah, you're so far out in front. I just don't know how I can catch you. Mm-hmm. Because I would have to go completely opposite of anything you pick. And and that's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like going for a 60-yarder with just a few seconds left. Well, I'm like, I did that in one of my picks this week, and it bit me. So. so. All right. Um, first up, we had one game on Friday, November 5th, Utah at Stanford. Did you watch any games this week, or you were you, you were didn't in I didn't watch a single game this week. Um, the only thing I got was a, a rough play-by-play from you on the Oregon State game towards the latter part of the fourth quarter. Yep. So uh, you and I took Utah. Kyle took Stanford. And Beach, Utah running back Tavian Thomas ran for four TDs. In the first half, T.J. Pledger scored on a school record 96-yard run, and Utah ran past Stanford 52-7 to on Friday night. The game was a mismatch from the start as the Utes scored TDs on their first two drives after Coach Kyle Winningham opted to take the ball first and didn't allow the Cardinal to get a first down until it was 21 to nothing in the second quarter. Wow. U- Utah just added on from there, scoring five TDs and one field goal on seven drives in the first half, with the only stop coming on a botched stab. Now, Thomas raced for a 58-yard score on a one-play drive for one of his four TDs, tying the school record that he also matched last week against UCLA. Now, Pledger then outran the Cardinal defense on the first play of another drive for the longest run ever by the Utes at 96 yards. Utah outgained Stanford 440-28 to in taking a 38 to nothing halftime lead for the second highest yardage discrepancy in the first half of an FBS game in the past seven seasons. 24 yards shy of Boise State's edge against UConn in 2018. Now the Cardinal, who were playing without injured starting quarterback Tanner McKee, suffered their most lopsided loss since a 57-7 defeat to Notre Dame in 2003. Stanford has lost four straight games since beating Oregon. Hmm. And I was saying that Stanford's rush defense is is bad. And it looked really bad on Friday. Hmm. So we can only hope that stays the same. I'm sure hoping. Yep. We so, need Sox Fest to be uh, end on a good note. Yes. So you and I picked up the win there. Kyle did not. Next up. Uh, the rest of the games were on Saturday. Cal at Arizona. Um, I well, so first we kind of got to talk about what happened to Cal. Well, all three of us I, took Cal. Yeah, how, how, I don't know what the ending game of that thing was, but I do know we kind of got screwed. It was well, like a bait and switch. Well, Beach Michael Wiley scored on a ten-yard one with two seventeen remaining to lift. Arizona to a 10 to three Pac-12 victory over COVID-19 depleted California on Saturday, ending the Wildcats 20 game skid, the longest in Pac-12 history. 
Now, Arizona quarterback Will Plummer had 197 yards total offense, and the Wildcats held Cal to 122 yards of total offense while winning for the first time since a 35-30 victory over Colorado on October 5th, 2019. Now, Cal played without starting quarterback Chase Garbers, who was one of seven starters and 24 players total and 12 coaches who were unavailable. Now, 12 coaches? 12 That's like coaches. Staff, isn't it? Yep. Cal announced Thursday that multiple players were in COVID protocols and would not play. But federal and state law prohibits Cal from commenting on those individual players. Now, the Wildcats had 331 yards, and Plummer had a team-high 68 of their 202 rushing yards on a season-high 52 attempts. Dude, so it's like they're playing a high school team and they won. Pretty Yay, much. Way to put the feather in your well, cap. You part of it. it is part of it is you play the game with the team you have, not the team you want. Yeah, but you know what, what? What makes me wonder is you, you call these the the COVID nineteen protocols. So they may or may not be sick. This is a this is a Berkeley protocol. Wow. So the, what it could have been was one guy was tested positive and a bunch of other guys because they were around him had to quarantine. Wow. Yep. This was a Berkeley protocol. This was not a PAC 12 protocol. In my opinion, it couldn't happen to a better team then. So that's just crap. I agree. So, so we all lost that one. The classic, you know, I saw him at 31 flavors. I think he passed out pretty much. Well, it was funny because Dad texted, or were you the one texted me and said, well, I thought well, they, they had to, I thought they had to forfeit. And I'm like, well, the game's yeah. going right now. Yeah. There was a post on Facebook that said Cal had to, to forfeit the game due to COVID-19. And so then I reached out to you and I said, so it looks like Arizona's finally going to win a game by default. And you're like, no, they're playing. Yeah. And, but my, 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 my facts were somewhat right. Just yeah. not completely right. Yeah. So. All right, so none of us got the win there. Next up, Beach, Oregon at Washington. And uh, I believe you and Kyle picked the Ducks, correct? And I picked Washington? You and Kyle picked Washington. I picked Oregon. Okay. I knew I picked Washington because I just thought they could do it at home. Yep. Well, Oregon running back. What? At home all the time. Yep. Oregon Oregon running back Travis Dye rushed for a career-high 211 yards and a touchdown. Anthony Brown ran for a score and passed for another. And Oregon overcame a sluggish start to beat Washington 26-16 on Saturday night. Now, Oregon quarterback Anthony Brown Jr. threw a 31-yard TD pass to Devon Williams late in the first half to take a 10-9 lead at the break and scored on a two-yard run early in the third quarter. Dye capped the scoring streak when he rumbled 19 yards for a score on the first play of the fourth quarter to give the Ducks a 24-9 lead. Now, Washington's languishing offense that had done nothing all night suddenly went the length of the field and pulled to a 24-16 with 11-13 remaining on Sean McGrew's second TD run. Now, Oregon was able to grind nearly nine minutes off the clock, even though they didn't score. The drive was helped by a long run from Dye and Brown, hitting Johnny Johnson the third for 13 yards on a third and 10. It was Johnson's only catch after he suspended for the first half following a targeting ejection last week. Now, Washington got the ball back with 2.14 left and 90 yards to go, but had two drop passes and an incompletion. And when Coach Jimmy Lake then opted to punt, with not much time left, the snap went over Race Porter's head and was a safety. 
Now, Lake said he opted to punt because Washington had two timeouts left and felt the Huskies could get the ball back with about 60 seconds left and better field position, which to me was stupid. I think so, too. I think. I mean, I understand you got the ball on the 10-yard line. That's a, that's a big assumption. Yeah. And you, you've got one down that you can get it or a big, I mean. Well, how much better I, yard, what better you, field position you, does he expect to get, 10 yards? Exactly, exactly. I, I hate well, we're going to discuss it when we get to the Oregon State game, but you know, sometimes you're you're you gotta you gotta pick the path that you're going to have the best chance with, even though your odds aren't very good. Yeah, and I just I don't think I thought punting there was stupid. I'm like, they get one first down, you're done. Yeah, and you know you're going to get the ball back with no hardly any time left. I I just yeah. didn't. And and that's a big assumption that you're even going to get the ball back. Exactly big assumption and you you either going to get you might get a chance to have or you have one play you have one play you can take and try to make something out of it yep. You, yep. you take the play well beach there is some big news out of seattle tonight you you told me your, your text from me at that game because we were texting that game during the oregon state game and you're like washington fans are gonna be pissed yeah and i i figured it was I figured it was going to be Jimmy Lake's head, but it was reported Sunday evening that offensive coordinator John Donovan was fired. Really? Yep. So wide receiver coach Junior Adams will call plays for the rest of the year. And graduate assistant Peyton McCollum has been elevated to quarterback coach. Wow. Now here's something interesting, Beach. Junior Adams. They've struggled ever since they lost Jonathan Smith, haven't they? Uh, Offensively, yes. Now, yeah. now Beach Junior Adams, who's the new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He was a wide receiver at Oregon State in 1999 and 2000. So he played with Jonathan Smith. Yep, he then transferred to Montana. Okay. Yep, but he was caught up in that off-field incident um, before the 2000 season, the off-field party where there was a fight. I don't know if you remember that. Well, that's been a long time ago. So he was he was suspended for the first couple games. Okay. And then he decided to transfer. And then he transferred, yeah. Okay. Anyways, I saw that name, Johnny Junior Adams. I'm like, there was a receiver that played for the Beavs named Junior Adams. And I looked it up, and it said he played in 99 and 2000. I was like, son of a bitch. I remember that because he got in uh, that fight. There was – I know Robert Prescott was involved in that. and It was a mess. But some guys were suspended the first couple games of the season. All right, Beach. So I got the win there. If they were on Oregon players, they would have been suspended for all future Tuesday and Wednesday night games. Probably, yeah. They yeah. probably would have thrown in Monday, too, just just to be. Yeah, you know, probably, make... yeah, to really punish him. Yep. All right, Beach. Uh, next game, last game we picked for the week, USC at Arizona State. Ooh. I think I picked ASU on this one, did you I not? And, you and Kyle did. I took USC. Well, Beach, Arizona State is officially bowl eligible after a 31-16 win over the Trojans at Sun Devil Stadium on Saturday night. Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels threw two interceptions on the night, bringing uh, his total to seven on the year. But running back Richard White finished the game with 202 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Now, neither Caden Slovis nor Jackson Dart, the quarterbacks for USC got any rhythm going as the two combined for three straight three and outs in the second half. They did combine for 220 yards passing. Slovis went 16 for 28 for 131 yards, while Dart was 8 for 17 for 89. 
Neither threw for a touchdown, but both threw an interception. So they started doing kind of a quarterback rotation there at USC. I don't think that's going to work well. Uh, sign of desperation. Yep. So um, you and Kyle got the win there. So looks like you and I went two of four on the week. Kyle went one of four. He's falling even further behind. So you at 43 out of 59. I'm at 36 out of 59. And Kyle is at 33 out of 59. Alrighty. But Beach, that leaves us with one more game to talk about, which was Oregon State at Colorado. Had a hell of a field goal. Yes. Well, Beach, Oregon State kicker Everett Hayes missed a 38-yard field goal in the second overtime after nailing a 60-yarder at the end of the regulation, and Cole Becker's 43-yarder gave Colorado a 37-34 win over the Beavs in double overtime on Saturday night. Colorado won for the first time in four multi-overtime games in program history, and the Buffs denied bowl eligibility for Oregon State, which hasn't won six games since 2013. Now, Hayes missed a 51-yarder with 32 seconds remaining. But the Beavs had all three of their timeouts, and they forced Colorado to punt the ball, which Anthony Gould returned 26 yards to the Beavs' 49 with five seconds left. Now, with five defenders at the goal line, Chance Nolan threw a nine-yard pass to Gould, who steps out of bounds at the Beavs at the Buffs' 42 with one second remaining. Now, Hayes easily cleared the crossbar, his 60-yarder tying Mason Crosby's record for the longest at Folsom Field. And uh, that one was set against Iowa State on October 16, 2004. Now, yeah. for Colorado, Brendan Lewis's 16-yard TD pass to Montana, Lemonius Craig, with 2.24 remaining, had given the Buffs a 27-24 lead. Now, that score was set up by Jarek Broussard's 49-yard run right after Nolan had given the Oregon State its first lead at 24-20 with a 27-yard touchdown toss to Trayson Harrison midway through the fourth quarter. And that's really what busted that game open, is giving up that 49-yard run right after they'd taken the lead. Yeah. We're going to say something? No, no. I just, um, I was really, really hoping we were going to be able to pull off a win. Yeah. Well, the Beavs came out and just looked like crap for the first 10 minutes of the game, both offensively and defensively. Offense, they couldn't do a damn thing. Defense, they couldn't stop anything. And it took them 10 minutes before they woke up. And then, like I said, giving up that 49-yard run just just crapped the bed. I feel like our defense has struggled the last few games. It has. So, Beach, here's where Oregon State's defense ranks in the Pac-12 right now. They are ninth in interceptions, 10th in sacks, 9th in turnover margin, 11 in passing yards allowed, 12th in third down conversion percentage. In other words, they're dead last. They allow the most third down conversions in the Pac-12. So much for the chainsaw. Yep. And, Beach, as of Sunday night, this is big news. Defensive coordinator Tim Tibisar was relieved of his duties. Terminated. Terminated. Fight. Yep. Canned. Yep. And uh, inside linebacker coach Trent Bray was given the interim defensive coordinator position. And what's Trent Bray's history, Billy? Well, um, when Trent Bray was a player, he played for the Beavs. He was a great middle linebacker for the Beavs. Okay. 
When did he play? Do you recall? Um, Trent Bray was in the early 2000s. Let me see here. Did he play with Jonathan Smith? I uh, He might have, but he's coached with Jonathan quite a bit. Now, his – um. so he was a linebacker from 2002 to 2005. So he's got the same birthday as you, September 28th, but 1982. Um, so uh, he played from 2002 to 2005. So Smith's senior year was 2001. So he would have been a player when Smith was a graduate assistant. Okay. Okay. So. So well, that'll be good. Hopefully uh, he'll uh, turn them around a little bit. Yep. Always able to do it mid-season, but hopefully he can do something. Yep. So he was a uh, graduate assistant at Arizona State. Uh, was a linebacker coach for California Redwoods. He was a linebacker coach at Arizona State when Erickson was there. And that's when his dad was the defensive coordinator, Craig Bray. He was a linebacker coach from 2012 to 2014 with Coach Riley. He then moved with Riley to Nebraska for a few years. He actually took over as the interim head coach in 2017 when Riley was fired and uh, has been at Oregon State since 2018. Wow. So there you go. So I, I think that's a good – it's a good thing. I, that defense, the defense has not been able to get any kind of push with that defensive line. We're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. No pressure. No. No. So, and I think we've got some great linebackers, but I think it's getting wasted because of the lack of production out of our defensive line. Mm-hmm. The defensive line should be disrupting more, and they're not. Yeah, absolutely. So. Anyway, so we'll see what happens. Three games to go. The Beavs need one win to get bowl eligible, two to pretty much guarantee themselves a bowl game. Yep. Although I bet uh, two, I bet two will probably give them a bowl game this year. I'm gonna go look at the uh, standings in the Pac-12. Let me see here, Pac-12. So who we got? So Oregon. Utah and Arizona State are all bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. Washington State, Oregon State, UCLA all need one more win. Um, the Wildcats basically can't get a bowl game. Um, and then you've got a bunch of teams on the bubble. Like Cal can't lose another game. Stanford can't. One of those teams will not. In Colorado? Uh, Stanford, Colorado. And Cal all have six losses. USC has five losses. Washington has five losses. So, but so Arizona isn't going to go. Either Stanford or Cal won't go because they have to play each other. Mm-hmm. So, so the battle of the uh, what? What do they play for? Uh, the Stanford Axe. Okay. So whoever gets the Stanford Axe has a better shot. Well, yeah, but they both um, they both could lose another game. So. Yeah, yeah, so if the Beavs win one, they should get a bowl game. Two, they definitely will. Okay. All right. So let's look at the – so, anyways, after that, like I said, uh, 43, 36, and 33. All right. So, Beavs, let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls. Not a lot of the polls there. (laughs) The polls are getting pretty bleak. Pretty bleak for uh, 
for the Pac-12. Oregon is the only team in the AP poll at number five. They moved up two spots. Utah was in the other receiving votes category. And in the AFCA coaches poll, it's no longer the USA Today, it's the AFCA coaches poll. Okay. Oregon moved up one spot to number six. Utah and ASU are in the others receiving votes category. And now don't we have the bowl championship series? So, yes, those are out. Now, these will be for last week because the new new, uh, rankings, I believe, come out on Tuesday. Either either Monday night or Tuesday. So we're a week behind. We're a week behind. But last week, Beej, it was Georgia, followed by Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Oklahoma. But that will change because Michigan State lost. So, But the thing is, Georgia's undefeated. Then you've Mm -hmm. got Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State all have one loss. But then Cincinnati's undefeated, Michigan has one loss, and Oklahoma's undefeated. So I, Cincinnati's getting penalized for the conference that they're in, but if they go undefeated, they have to be in there, in my opinion. I would think so. That That's kind of BS. I agree. That's why I don't like this whole playoff thing. I like the bowl games. Because it all depends on where you're picked from the get-go. Yep. And and you can't you can't tell me there's not manipulation that goes on. Well, you know, just just where coaches vote for different teams. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's somebody that you want to see penalized a little bit, just move them a couple spots down on your on your on your ballot. Mm-hmm. Only helps you out. Um. So anyway, so that's where that stands. We'll see how it starts to shake out. It's not a lot of these teams are going to have to start playing some more of their meat of their schedule. So like Ohio State still has to play Michigan. Okay. Right. So we'll still we'll start seeing some of that. Should start seeing some movement in there. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. (laughs) Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this Beach is actually for who's ever in charge of the uh, social media account. Of? Old Miss. What they do? Well, Beach, Old Miss officials have apologized after since deleted tweets from the school's official football Twitter account on Saturday mocked former coach Hugh Freeze following the Rebels' 27-14 victory over Liberty at Oxford, Mississippi. Now, Beach, Freeze was the uh, Old Miss coach. He is now the coach at Liberty. Okay. So one of the tweets included a picture of Freeze coaching from a hospital bed two years ago at Liberty while recovering from surgery he underwent after a potentially life-threatening strand of staph infection entered his bloodstream and complicated a herniated disc in his back. Wow. Yeah, so they're making fun of that, right? Now, Freeze, in his third season as Liberty's coach, was returning to Ole Miss for the first time since resigning in July of 2017 after school officials found a, quote, pattern of personal misconduct that included phone calls to a number linked to a female escort service. Now, Ole Miss Athletic Director Keith Carter told ESPN, quote, These tweets were unfortunate and not who we are in Ole Miss Athletics. When I found out about them, they were immediately taken down. I have spoken with the Liberty Athletic Director Ian McCaw to relay my sincere apology. We will work to do better in the future. 
Now, Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin said he was unaware of the tweets until being told about them after his post-game news conference and offered his apologies to Freeze and Liberty. He also said, I have nothing to do with the... <laughs> he said, I have nothing to do with the Twitter account. Imagine that. The head football coach doesn't have time to deal with Twitter? Who would have thought that? <laughs> but yeah, I'm just... I, just, I want to think, like, what are you thinking? Right? You're, so you're... so what, what, was the, what was the real dirt on it, other than... It was a picture of him in a hospital bed. Well, but it was making fun of him coaching from a hospital bed and just making fun of him in general. Okay. Because he had been the coach there. But it's one of those things like, what are you doing? And that, that's really lowbrow. You, you know, I, I... It'd be one thing if a, if a dipstick fan did it. But the yeah. official Twitter account from the school? Yeah. That's just trying stupid. To trying to be cute? I don't know. I guess trying to be funny, trying to be edgy. We, we've had, uh, and, and granted, we're not affiliated with the university at all, but uh, I don't think we've ever really bad-mouthed any of our former coaches. Um, uh, and Anderson had issues. Yeah, but I, I, I don't I don't have much respect for Anderson. No, but we, we never really did anything rude about him, I don't think, did we? No. We did have a pretty uh, interesting interview in like our second or third season with old Oregon Ducks coach Chip Kelly. The Chip Kelly interview. That was Chip, the Chip Kelly interview was great. <laughs> yeah, that was a great interview. I don't even know if that even exists on the internet anymore because we changed the providers since then. Oh, Podcast was... host. I still have it. Maybe we should maybe we should do like a best of. Oh man, that was people have yeah. never heard the Chip Kelly interview. That was classic. We actually got Chip Kelly on, and uh, Bede really asked him some great questions. Yeah, I thought we did. Uh, I thought we did great. Yeah. So to have the the quality conversations that we had. Yeah. Ask him really, really, really uh, poignant questions about him, his team, his sexuality, lots of stuff. <laughs> his personal conduct. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Great. I might have to. I, I can probably edit that out of that thing, and yeah. maybe I could just repost the whole thing. Well, you know, all great rock bands start doing a best of after about 10 years. Maybe it's time we do that for our podcast. There you go. There you go. These are highlight moments. I mean, I'm sure I've got plenty of highlight moments over the last 10 years. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> all right, Beach. Well, to the Ole Miss football official Twitter account, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the Week word. I just think it was stupid. I read about that. I'm like, you guys are dumb. Like, we weren't even being funny. No. Low-hanging fruit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, you're not even, yes. Like, getting, you're not even being clever. All right. You know, like like the Wendy's Twitter account. Wendy's well, is classic. That's exactly what I was thinking as we were talking about this. Like, the Wendy's, Wendy's Twitter account is clever, right? Yeah. And they've got good zingers. They're also sometimes self-deprecating. Which makes you all the better when exactly. you get the zingers. Exactly. And so I appreciate that. And like I said, those those guys just they're just weak sauce. All right, Beach, it is now time for this week's musical interlude, and it's your pick. It is my pick. Okay. This song is now I do not think this, but when I was doing a little research on this, this is what came about. It said this song is often mistaken as being sung by Blondie. But Blondie broke up nine years before this song was ever released. Huh. It is a one hit wonder sung by an Australian band 
it is often, uh, uh, let's see here. Um, it, it's, uh, it is often, uh, considered my theme song. It describes my last 28 years of life. Did you know this? The stroke. <laughs> <laughs> that song by Billy Squire came out much before 1991. No, no, this one's, this one's more, it's along that same lines though. Okay. So although it was, uh, it was also used in, uh, uh, 97's Austin Powers International Man of Mystery uh, with one of the Fembots. It's sung by a band, and I, it took me forever to, to read their name uh, because I just thought it was a weird name. Uh, but it's, again, it's a one-hit wonder, and the band is Divinals. Yeah. And the song is, again, Beach's theme song, uh, I Touch Myself. So here we go. The classic and only hit by Divinals, I Touch Myself.
So people think that was Blondie? They do. I mean, do. I, can, I can kind of see that because she's kind of got that little bit of a... Flat and raspy. Yeah, a little bit of a huskier voice. Yeah, yeah. but but I, I never thought Blondie could really... Blondie seemed to be very flat in her singing. Well, I've always felt. She has a little bit higher voice. Yeah, but not a lot of depth in the voice. Not yeah. like a Christina Aguilera. Uh, it, the, 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 the notes were just right there out of the mouth, not yeah. not from the lungs. Yeah, well, and what was her name? I think it was Christy Amphit. Yeah, she actually, uh, her and, there was actually about four people that helped write that song, but uh, yeah. uh, two, were, uh, two were part of the band and then two were like professional songwriters. Well, and um, she she died a number of years ago. Um, what did she have? She had cancer. Huh. I just remember yeah. them playing that song on MTV all the time back when MTV actually played music videos. Yeah, she died at the age 53. Sad. Yeah. And um, only know singing I touch myself. Yeah, well, and so here's you want to hear a funny thing about this, just because I know it off the top of my head? Have, okay. you ever, have you ever seen the video for that song? Yeah, she kind of rolls around, and it's a lot of down shots, as I recall. And yes. it's in black and white. Yes, and do you know where that video was shot? No. In a convent. Really? That's ironic. Exactly. Yeah, they uh, rented out the convent to shoot the uh, video, and when the nuns found out what the song was, they were not very happy. Wow. But they were my, like, hey, we want, to run, a, we want to run out your convent to shoot this music video. Sure. Hit a little close to home for some of those convents. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, kind of funny. Good song, though, Beach. Oh, All right, let's keep moving along. Uh, we'll go to week number 11 in the Pac-12. Okay. All the games are on Saturday. Let me open up Kyle's picks here. We are ready to go. Let me get my paper ready. We are ready to go. Okay, Beach, first up, USC at Cal. Is Cal still under protocols? I don't know. Cal, again, this is always like the two turds. Which turd do I think is going to be better? Which one is the dry turd and which one is the wet turd? Hmm. I think uh, I think Cal's going to be the dry turd this week, so I'm going to go with Cal. Okay. Kyle says the men of Troy defeat gender neutrals who identify as golden bears. I too will take USC. Okay. Next up, Utah at Arizona. Unless they have another COVID break, you know, luck uh, break in. Uh, uh, I think Utah is going to just waylay Arizona. Okay. I too will take Utah. Kyle says. Arizona on a hot winning streak, lose to Utah. This is a big streak for them, though. Yep, they got a win, a win streak. Okay, their biggest streak in two years. Yep. Next up, actually, their biggest streak was a losing streak. But anyways, okay. Arizona biggest, <laughs> biggest winning streak. Arizona at, or excuse me, Arizona State at Washington. Oh, uh, uh, Arizona State. You're taking ASU? Yeah, I just don't see. Washington, with what they've got going on up there, I just don't see them recovering the rest of the year. 
Kyle says, Arizona State fall to the second Washington team and lose to the Huskies because they lost to ASU earlier, or Wazoo earlier. So he's taking UW. I, too, am going to take UW. Really? Well, I think UW has a chance, and I've got to try and catch up to you. Okay. Like, like I got a chance. Next up, okay. Next up, Colorado at UCLA. God, he always want to have to pick bitch tits. But then I'll pick bitch tits. Kyle says, Colorado at UCLA. The Buffs can't keep up with Paxes actually being caught. UCLA, me too. You know, there was a couple times, Beach, Nolan just missed wide open guys or his receivers dropped passes that they should have caught. What is that? Is it just not preparations? Is it is it nerves? I don't know. I don't know. Everything was rolling in that USC game. Yeah. And they just haven't gotten it rolling like that again for an entire game since. You know, I, I and I think I've quoted you several times on this over the years, but you always say, I want to see constant improvement. I want to see constant improvement. And I feel we haven't seen constant improvement out of this team. We we did for the first couple of games, and then it's just been like the stock market, highs and lows. I, completely right. Completely right. And just stagnant from the defense. Mm-hmm. We're not getting hopefully turnovers. The, we're not getting stops. Hopefully this change will improve things, but that's always a gamble, yep. you know? Well, if nothing else, with a new defensive coordinator, he'll bring some different schemes and different tendencies. So it'll be harder for – a little bit different well, for them to get scouted on. Isn't that what Cal said was – when Cal beat us, they said uh, we run a very similar defense to them? So, or something to that effect. Didn't they say that? Yeah. So we kind of know what they're going to bring, bring against us. Yeah. 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 Well, like I said, now you've got a different guy looking at it. He's got different things he'll like to run. Okay. So, all right, Beach. Last game that we're picking of the week, Washington State at Oregon. They won. Now, they, did they win that? Did they, they didn't play last week. Wazoo had the week off. And they won the week before that, even though they didn't have a coach. Correct. What the hell? I'm going to go with Wazoo. I got room. Kyle says, Wazoo at Oregon, go Cougs. I am taking Oregon, because you took Wazoo, but I'm secretly hoping Wazoo wins. <laughs> so. So there you go. And they still got the Wazoo still has the Apple Cup to play. Yeah. And what else? Um, let me see here. Because all things being equal, we we'd like to see Wazoo lose, but we'd also like to see Oregon lose. Um, let me look at. Because in the Pac-12 North, that's kind of the factors right there. Well, right now you've got. Um... Washington State's at four and two. Oregon State and Washington are both at three and three. Cal at two and four. Stanford at two and five. Behind okay. Oregon, who's at five and one. Okay. So technically, the Beavs aren't out of it. But it's getting darn tough with the few games we have left. Well, at that point, well, yes. Well, the Beavs would need to win out. You'd want Oregon to beat Washington State this week. And then Utah to beat Oregon next week. 
I hate when we have to start worrying about other teams. Well, and that's why I said, don't worry about it. Get your sixth win this week and just everything else happens where it, where it happens. Yeah. So anyways, okay. all right. Okay. And then we're all taking Oregon state over Stanford. All right, Beach. It is now time to talk about our tailgate coming up this week. Sausage Fest. Sausage Fest 2021. Yes. I've, I've been having memories on Facebook popping up of uh, various tailgaters over the last few years. Yes. I think Sausage Fest might have been one of them. So. So everyone knows, uh, first time we ever tried Evergoods, Evergoods Sausages, was at a Cal game at in 2007 in Berkeley. At? At Cal. We liked them so mm-hmm. much, we decided we're bringing these to a tailgater anytime the Beavs play a Bay Area team in Corvallis. We're going to have Sausage Fest once a year because the sausages are actually made just at the end of the Bay Bridge over in San Francisco. I've I'm actually... A, uh, oh, go ahead. I say actually, I've actually... Jess and I were actually to the uh, to the uh, plant. They give you a tour? Did you see how the sausage gets made? Uh, they brought us inside and we shook a lot of people's hands. Okay. They gave us a bunch of free stuff. I think the amount, amount of sausages those hands have grabbed. Yep. Pretty much. So, Beach, we will be doing Sausage Fest. Kickoff is at 2.30, which uh-huh. means we'll go to 1.30. I'm okay. feeling we'll have food ready to go by 11. Okay. Maybe even sooner than that. Maybe 10.30. You always, always call it a breakfast sausage. Yep, 10.30. Um, and you know, because it's a sausage? Pretty much. Eat it for breakfast. Exactly. So uh, we're going to do a uh, we'll uh, sausages, buns. I was going to do onions and peppers mm-hmm. that we'll cook on the grill. Kraut. Okay. Um, cheese sauce. Oh, cheese sauce. Yes. We'll also do just some uh, Raider regular grated cheese. Okay. Pickles. Okay. We'll do some fresh onions. Okay, for those people who don't want the grilled ones. Yep. Uh, ketchup, mustard, uh, relish, all that kind of stuff. What else do we need? I'll deep fry a bunch of crap. We'll bring your deep fried crap. I had a lot of and... people, uh, I've had several people say they like the uh, pot stickers, so I'll get some more of those if we don't have any. You know, I noticed when I put them out, people, they go pretty quick. Yeah, they like them. So deep fried yeah. stuff. Get some more pot sticker sauce. Be nice if there's something we could. Uh, I don't know. Can you make pot sticker sauce? Yes. Because it might be nice if we had maybe a different, like a squirt bottle. Well, I can put it As in a squirt bottle. Yeah, because right now that one bottle doesn't work very well. Okay. It's a little awkward. You can put it in a squirt bottle. Okay. So uh, deep fried stuff. Anything else you think we need? Chips. Dips. Um, just typical veggie tray. Veggies, yep. Yeah. So, Should we do no, coffee? Uh, well, well, that's still a week away. We don't know what the forecast is going to be yet, do we? Wet and crappy. If it's wet and crappy, I don't know. People like coffee. So we'll do coffee and nudges? Okay. Okay. Anything else? I can't think of anything. I'm making my list as I'm talking to you. That's why I kind of figured you were. <laughs> so anything so, else? No, I it's can't think of anything. Be... I'm sure hoping it stays a little bit dry. I'm tired of this cold crap. 
It's what I was looking at today was like 35% chance of rain. Well, that's better than 40. Drier earlier, wetter later. Okay. So there you go. Say drier for the game, that would be great. All right, Beach. Well, it's going on midnight, well, twelve fifteen there. So uh, why don't you uh, avail us with your what is it, the Matador story? Matador story. Okay, here we go. Okay, okay. So internet dating is just crappy. Okay, it's really crappy. But I don't know where in the hell else to meet women. So anyway, so ended up meeting this gal on the internet, and again, this goes back. 15, 18 years ago. Okay. She kind of had like a resting bitch face in her photos, but you know, I'm desperate and I do what I ever have to do. And so we end up chatting on the phone and like, you want to meet for, for lunch or dinner? And she's like, well, yeah, well, let's meet for lunch. I said, okay, great. Where would you like to meet? And I think she lived on the East side and I was living out in Hillsborough at the time. And she's like, well, let's meet at the Matador. And I'm like, Okay, I've never been to the Matador, but that that's fine. I'll meet you there. And she says, okay, we'll see you whatever, you know, at one o'clock or whatever it was, right? So I Google it and find out that the Matador on uh, on Burnside, uh, get the address, drive on down, get there about five, ten minutes before I'm supposed to be there. And this this place is like just this empty old bar, right? And there's like three people inside, all old dudes towards the back. And so I grab my phone and I call her up and I say, Hey, I'm, I'm here. Are, are you here yet? Or are you getting close? And she's like, well, I'm right in front. And I'm like, well, I'm here in the bar. There's nobody in the front. And she's, I'm right here at the entrance. And I'm like, you're not here. <laughs> and she's like, well, what matador are you at? And I'm like the one on Burnside. Well, which one on Burnside? Are you seeing a problem here? Yeah. Like, if you knew there were two, and you knew I'd never been to one before, and they're both on the same street, would you not think that maybe it'd be important to clarify? It's like saying, hey, let's meet at the McDonald's, Billy. Yeah. You know, the one in Hillsboro. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so I'm like, so I'm like, she's like, well, I'm. it's the one on the east side. And I'm like, well, how far is it from this one? She's like 10 or 15 minutes. And so I'm like, okay, let me hop down in my truck. And I said, I'll be there as soon as I can. So drive all the way down there, find a place to park my vehicle. I go up and she's sitting right at the entrance of this place. I sit down, say pleasantries. Hello, hello. Waitress comes over. Now she's already had like an appetizer or two and she has a drink sitting in front of her, right? Okay. Waitress comes up to me. Waitress comes up to me. She says, what can I get you, sir? And what would my responsibility be, Billy? I don't know. What would I say if somebody says, can I get you a drink? Coke? Yes. Like a Coke, please. The gal looks at me. And then the waitress says, okay, no problem. She walks away. The gal looks at me. That I can't remember whatever her name was. I, I said, well, you'll find out in a second. I, she goes, do you not drink? And I'm like, you're yeah, not a fan. And she's like, oh. I crap you not. She sat there less than two minutes before she left. Really? Yes. Just cause you didn't drink. Yep. Like I'm, I'm like, and I'm sitting there 
And it was like, hello. It, it was like, just like really like barely had a conversation. And she's like, you know, I really need to leave. And, and she got up and she just flat out left. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell just happened? I mean, I'm freaking 45 minutes away from my house. I drive all the way here and you can't even finish, you know. It, it was just a, a crap show. <sighs> and and I, I and so, I, you know, I make policies as, as I go through these crappy dates. For one thing, don't pick up crazy gals who are singers who do that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but on, on this one here, I, I, this is where I changed my policy. I will not meet a girl for drinks ever. We meet for dinner. The least you can do. I mean, I'm not going to drive 45 minutes to be walked up on and not get dinner. Did she, did she pay for her food? I think she did. I'm not sure. I can't remember back that far. I was say, it'd be it brutal was, if she ditched you with that too. But it was just, it was the damnedest thing. I mean, it wasn't like we even had a conversation. It was like nothing came out. It was like she couldn't she couldn't leave quick enough as soon as she found out that I wasn't going to have alcohol. Huh. And so I'm like I, – and I, I said to myself at that point, I'm not going to go out to the effort of driving out 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and 15, whatever it takes to go meet somebody for drinks. Yeah. I mean I'm the one paying the meal anyway. So at least I'm going to do is sit down and, and have a meal, have a conversation, good, bad, or indifferent. I always tell people, you know, if, even if it's a bad – date you can say well the date kind of sucked but by god that filet mignon was freaking fantastic you, you know yeah. and, and i mean you know you can still pull a positive out of it except for you know the one gal who was as white as she was tall in the salmon you know that ravioli that was there was nothing salvage in that date but um but yeah the the matador uh like i said you know it's like well which one i'm like you, you knew there were two i mean, <laughs> You couldn't have brought this up when you told me to meet you, yeah. and, and and you're not willing to even give me 15 minutes of of, of quality conversation time. Hmm. You know, I'm like, oh my god, is it just me? And uh, anyway, but uh, but at least that one actually, I, I met that gal. I have a uh, the 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 next date I'll tell you about is the. Uh, my my Seattle date that never came to be. Okay. And it was gonna was gonna be amazing. So it wasn't gonna be an epic date. It was gonna be an epic date. It okay. was truly gonna be an epic. Okay. And uh, it it failed miserably. Right. And and not due to me. All right. Well, we'll get that story next week, Beach. Yeah. So. All right. Alrighty. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number one seventy of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question. Heinrich Tailgater at gmail.com at Heinrich Tailgater on Twitter Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook remember to listen, subscribe, leave a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts Beach Billy. when do you get back from Florida? Uh, flying back late Tuesday night okay, cool T- tomorrow we uh, go, we're having breakfast at La Torta something at the Boardwalk Resort oh, um uh, La Trotteria. Trotteria. And then we're having lunch at the Brown Derby. Oh, nice. And then I think we're going to try to get dinner somewhere over at Disney Springs. Nice. Um, yep, if and if you're looking for just like a table or counter service, well, they, they, they take your order, but they bring it to you. Uh, might I add the Polite Pig is excellent barbecue. Okay. I, I will keep that in mind. So. Alright, well, I hope uh, we see a bunch of people out for the Sausage Fest 2021 before the Stanford game. 
Yep. And let's hope the bees get this sixth win and get bowl eligible. So until next Absolutely. Yep. So until next week, here's a great big go bees. So, all right, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Do it. Is my is the Bing Crosby background music uh, low enough? I can't hear to... it. I can't hear it. So, okay, that's good. Is it Christmas music? Um, well, no, they have been starting to play Christmas music. Like Christmas music was throughout uh, uh, Animal Kingdom today. It was Christmas music. Um, and yeah, there was some in Universal yesterday too. Yeah, yeah. but I don't think it's playing here. But like all the Christmas trees are up. Wow! And and all the and there's gifts and stuff. There's a big Christmas tree in the uh, in the center of the lobby, and then there's Christmas trees throughout the lane. But you know they're all like silvery tinsel, so probably a lot like the old aluminum trees from oh the yeah, it's era. A lot like they look at like the ones in uh, the studios. Is that what they use? The too? studios goes for that mid-century mod look. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. I really like Cabana Bay. No, it's really nice. I think Kelly doesn't. Kelly and Paige don't mind it either. Yeah. Um, a little tough to do the the commute in the morning. Yeah. Uh, today's was a little bit longer because I drove by my house. Oh, cool. So. All right, you ready to do this? <clears throat> Man, hold on! I just screwed up because I didn't. <laughs> well, I started this yesterday evening. Uh huh. And I forgot to. Add in. I thought I put this in there. It's going to be in the wrong. Oh, here it is. Okay, it is in there. I put it under soccer. Okay. So. This is a fairly easy tailgater, isn't it? Yeah. The next two both are. Okay. And they're kind of like that on purpose because it usually gets cold and wet. Yeah. So less we have to deal with the better. Yep. And like this one, I was thinking we could bring out the... uh, Traeger and make um, churros, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to do it because it's so short. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. Yep. If so. it's a later game next week, then we'll do it, but I don't want to deal with it this week. Okay. All right. All righty. All right, Beach. Well, you have a good one. I will talk to you later. Okay. Have a good night. Bill. Go to bed. Bye. I like beer.